My name is Dwayne Default, and welcome to Selling SaaS, a podcast that's built to get you the best advice from the top experts for go-to-market strategies, sales, and product-led growth. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Selling SaaS Podcast, where we break down sales, go-to-market, and growth for your SaaS business. And I'm your host, Dwayne Default. And if this is your first time joining us, we've got a couple of formats for this show. We do a traditional interview-style podcast where we bring an expert or professional from one of those categories in the SaaS industry, and I get to ask them a whole bunch of questions and learn from their experience, and you kind of get to sit along for the ride, take notes, and and learn along with me. And then the other episode style is what you're listening to today, which is more of a tactical advice, instructional type of show where I give you some frameworks and some advice from the decade of being in the experience that I've had. So without further ado, we're going to get into today's episode. And this one's an interesting one because we all seem to chase this without realizing it. And then once we realize it, we're, we're, we're kind of dumbfounded or feel stupid for doing it. And it's all about vanity metrics. And so one of the worst vanity metrics that I got sucked into, and I'll explain what I mean by vanity in just a second, but I, in, when, I, when I first got into SaaS, so software as a service, instead of more product e-commerce direct sales, I was really trying to pump up a specific number, which was the number of trials that our company was generating. Instead of you know traditional marketing where they're always trying to chase leads or MQLs or something in that matter, I was trying to chase trials. And even then, I thought that that was a valuable KPI. But and I'll, I'll explain why it wasn't here in a few minutes, but let's take a step back and look at the definition of vanity when it comes to business. So vanity metrics are the metrics that we can easily access. They're visible to everybody, but the problem is they don't really lead to an outcome or they don't lead to the outcome that you desire as a business or a founder or a head of a department. And so some examples of what vanity metrics typically are is things like likes on a social post, comments, engagements, or other things where you can see the reach like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, you can see how many people saw your piece of content. Now, I understand the argument behind that of, hey, that's good. Those are indicators that lead us in the right direction. Like we know what works, but it's only, it's only a KPI if you're using it to improve in order to get to a specific outcome. The unfortunate piece is most marketing teams will head down the path of just optimizing for reach, optimizing for likes, optimizing for things like click-through rates on, on ads, right? If you lean on Google to do the optimization for your ad campaigns, it's automatically going to allocate your funds to the ads that are converting the highest. But how do you know if that campaign, that ad, that piece of content is driving towards the North Star of the business, which should be revenue at the end of the day. And we'll get into what that means in just a second. But vanity metrics are basically those measurements or those quote unquote KPIs that make you feel good, but don't actually do anything for the business. It's the same thing as like email opens or email delivers, or could be even email clicks, depending on what they're clicking on. The main thing that I'm trying to get across here is a vanity metric is something that you're chasing or you're driving that don't actually lead you to the primary outcome of the business, which is driving revenue. Or you can't connect it consistently. Anyone, I can hear plenty of marketing people arguing and shaking in their in their seats right now being like, yes, yeah, social post and dark social and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I get it. 
But if you can't consistently connect that to revenue acquisition, whether it be expansion revenue or new revenue, then it's not a KPI. It's a vanity metric. I've seen thousands of businesses that really aren't active on social that have a wonderful business model that acquire customers and revenue every single month without having to focus on that. So no, it's not a one-size-fit-all type of scenario where you have to be posting on social. You have to have email. You have to run ads. No, no, you don't. You have to understand what drives your best customers and cinch your wagons or connect your wagons to those KPIs and those metrics and focus on optimizing those. But the biggest thing about vanity metrics is you need to understand that if they do not lead to your primary outcome consistently, then it's most likely a vanity metric. So let's back up to where I said when I first started this episode where I was looking at the trial. So number of trials that we were generating in this SaaS business. And before I got into this company, the motto was more trials equals more revenue, more trials equals more revenue. But that wasn't the case because if that were true, if that were true, then whatever they used to generate trials was therefore going to generate revenue. And the, the founder had hired multiple marketing contractors to help generate trials of their software from the various different sources. And for the longest time, they couldn't get a reliable and consistent strategy or a process in place to generate trials of their software from social media campaigns. And so they brought this individual on and I was buying into it as well because it was it was a consistent metric that we could use. We didn't have the attribution and tracking down as well as we should have. It took me probably a year to really configure the tools and the systems and fix old broken things in order to get to that point. But when we brought this individual on and there was all all intents and purposes, like they were, they were doing what they knew how to do, but it wasn't built for SaaS. But they were able to drive like three or 400 more trials a month, like right out of the gate. It was amazing to see how many leads or how many trials that this individual was driving. And everyone was stoked. Everyone was like, yes, more trials, more customers, more, but we're going to grow. But then nothing, nothing was happening. We were driving trials. We were getting 200, 300, 400, and we just kept dumping money into these campaigns that would drive more trials. So they were like, oh, maybe maybe it's just the conversion is lower. So we need to spend more money on these campaigns. We need to do more in here, just like we do on social media when we're like, oh, we need to drive more of this particular type of content because this is what resonates. This is what gets the likes and the shares and the comments. But how often can you connect a new customer to that comment, to that like, to that specific type of trial? So what we ended up realizing was that that source of trials from that type of campaign that was running provided like one customer. It was it was very, I don't want to say upsetting because I felt stupid after we fixed attribution and really started looking at the numbers after running these things for a few months. We were we were dumping fifteen to $20,000 a month into a Facebook campaign that was generating trials, that was generating these this this consistent metric that we the company had used for years in order to drive business, but they never really looked at what was the key outcome from this campaign, from this source, from this type of lead that marketing was chasing. They never thought to connect it to revenue. They were just like, cool, trials go up, revenue goes up. All is happy. That And that's what a lot of tech founders, a lot of SaaS founders start off with, especially if they're bootstrapped. So you're in there you're doing all these marketing campaigns, you're generating all this content, you're trying to run different ads from Google to Facebook to Meta to all those things. And it's really hard to look at which metrics and 
you know, which campaigns and what are the conversions here and over here and what drives customers. It is very complex. Like, don't get me wrong. But if you're not looking at connecting a specific initiative or a campaign to customer acquisition to revenue, then you're, you might as well be just throwing dollars into the garbage can and hoping that more comes out on the other end. Because you have to understand what are the vanity metrics for your business. And so what I mean is every business has their own definition of what a quality lead is, of what a good fit customer is, of, of what a vanity metric is. Because don't get me wrong, some companies, a social post or the comment or the like or the share is a KPI because of the product and the type of customer that they sell to or that they provide to the marketplace. But if your product isn't directly connected to social media, then it's very hard to connect likes and shares and comments to revenue so far down the funnel, especially if you have a piece of software that there's a trial. The customer or the prospect has to go from seeing this post to liking the post to comment to engaging to then finding a link somewhere to then going in and starting a trial and then experiencing the trial, getting their onboarding, getting the help, you know, uh, activating themselves as a user and then becoming a customer. Not only is measuring that and the attribution really, really challenging to get right, that's such a small use case that's scalable and as successful. So digressing a little bit, you have to understand what your KPIs are for your business and that you're not just jumping on the bandwagon of dark social and just blast everything with emails. And if you have a high open rate, then yay, here's the subject lines that get you click-through rates. It's like, look, you've got to understand what drives your customer, what drives your revenue. Anything outside of that, anything that doesn't lead to the positive indicator that moves your prospect down the acquisition funnel, it's a vanity metric. I'm sorry. Like you need to be very diligent and very persistent on how you're measuring every stage of the buyer's journey. And don't get trapped by these vanity metrics. Don't get trapped, like I said, by likes and shares and comments and you know landing page clicks and downloads and blah, blah, blah. Like if those things are not leading to the next stage in the buyer's funnel for your ideal customer, which it's a completely different conversation of how to define an ICP, then it's gonna be a vanity metric. So fast forward a little bit to today. Let's talk about what are the common ways to measure a KPI. So that could be the opposite of any metric. So KPIs, key performance indicators, these are the metrics that matter to your business. So the first one you really need to pay attention to is what the industry calls MQL or marketing qualified lead. Now, full stop, most marketers will only chase this number. They'll only chase this metric. They will drive ad campaigns, social campaigns, landing pages, emails to drive more MQLs. Now, before we continue, I will say I am an advocate for using the MQL metric as a primary KPI for a marketing team, but huge one, okay? It's your mix a lot style. It has to be clearly defined what a successful good fit MQL looks like. You cannot measure a asset download as the same as someone who is calling you asking for a demo, someone who is an ideal fit profile customer doing this activity over here. All leads are not created equal and you cannot measure all, any lead coming into the system or any lead interacting or breathing on your website as an MQL. And I've ran into hundreds of tech companies that do this. They're like, oh, we've had uh, 150 people download this white paper. That's 150 MQLs. 
have at it sales. And they'll hand these leads over to sales to a team of BDRs that are calling. And then the BDRs get the blame because they're not able to connect. They're not able to qualify. They can't create opportunities. They can't close business. I'm like, well, out of those 150, maybe 10 of them were actually qualified to have a conversation with sales. So when we're, when we're using the MQL definition or the MQL metric, the, the biggest thing you have to focus on is you need to have that clearly defined for your business. And it could be a myriad of things. It can be, you know, what is the company size of the lead, right? Is it a as SMB? Is it an enterprise? You know, what are some demographics or firmographics of that business when they come in that match your ideal customer profile? And if you don't have your ICP figured out, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this because step one, go figure that shit out. But your MQL's definition needs to be aligned with what your ICP is. So first and foremost, right, figure out your ideal customer profile. And if you don't know how to do that, I've got a whole other episode on that. Just scroll through the feed and you'll find it. Or I'm sure it's in one of the newsletters that I have going out. If you haven't signed up for the Selling SaaS newsletter, go ahead and do that. It's on my website or any landing page. But your ICP needs to be the combination of your best fit customers, people who are easy to work with, pay you the most, they're the best fit, they stay with you, they're happy, they're easy to work with, like completely different set of definitions. But anyways, your MQL needs to match the criteria of your ICP, first and foremost. And if you have leads that don't match your ICP, they should not get the classification or the title of an MQL. But you can turn them into an MQL if they're showing early signs. So backing up a step, digressing a little bit, vanity metrics versus KPIs. Vanity metrics are metrics that don't lead or you cannot connect or they don't measure consistently towards driving revenue. KPIs, those are the ones that you can tie directly to revenue. Your clear definition of MQL, your clear definition of a connected call, okay? Now, I don't want to sound like I'm just bashing on marketing teams, but they unfortunately, they're a big proponent of vanity metrics and using those to define and execute on company strategy to go and drive customers. So what are you supposed to do? Well, first off, you should not have your marketing's goals and, and quarterly goals or the North Star they're chasing only tied to number of MQLs, because what they're going to do is they're going to continue optimizing for whatever drives an MQL. If you have a clear definition and you hold team accountable for that, then that's different. But they're going to optimize for Google campaigns. They're going to optimize for conversion to MQL. They're going to all they're going to do is try to create as many of those as possible, no matter what stage of their buyer's journey they're at. Again, different conversation for a different day when we talk about buyer's journey. But you need to make sure your marketing team is compensated and their goals are set around revenue. If they're influenced leads or their influenced customers are not converting to, to revenue, then there's a problem. So there has to be a layer to which their KPIs, marketing's KPIs are tied to revenue to a certain extent. And so in a previous episode, I talked about direct and indirect influence on the customer, meaning marketing being indirect and sales being direct to customer acquisition. So you have to make sure that you understand what are the vanity metrics that could fool you at your company, and then what are the primary KPIs that you have influence on in your role. So taking a big step back, we want to make sure that we understand what are the KPIs that you and your department talking to marketing can have an impact on. How are you measuring your initiatives? How are you measuring your campaigns? What are the assets and the materials that you are prioritizing to drive good fit leads that are sales ready? Now, sales ready, different definition, but you need to make sure that your marketing team isn't just using two 
metrics. Most marketing teams, they'll measure lead to MQL, right? Because most marketing teams that I've seen in, in my experience are measured on the number of MQLs that they can generate. And the conversion or the metrics or their their path to success is how many leads can they convert into an MQL? So if they have, maybe they're not measuring every lead as an MQL, but they're like, okay, how do we turn them into an MQL? And so they start optimizing all their campaigns and initiatives to drive people down the buying funnel, but there's no measurement, there's no success criteria of the type of buyer they are in order to fit that definition of MQL. So they're just looking at lead to MQL conversion. They're looking at website visitors to lead to MQL, and those are the only things they're optimizing for. Drive more traffic to the website, which is where you get that whole part around likes, comments, engagements, shares, reaches, views, open rates, click-throughs, those are all things that are supposed to drive people to the website. Then therefore, website will have its little lead magnets that will drive people to hopefully click on a thing and download a thing or access a thing or have someone reach out to them because of a thing. But if that person who takes that action does not fit the criteria of your ideal customer, they should never get the title of MQL and they should never enter a sales funnel. And I want that to be clear. At the end of the day, the reason why marketing exists is to make revenue acquisition easier. I'm not saying marketing's job is to make salespeople's jobs easier. I'm saying that it's to make revenue acquisition easier. It's a company KPI, it's a company mission, whatever you wanna call it, that needs to be the focus. And we all fall into the trap of vanity metrics versus KPIs. We look at vanity metrics, it makes us feel good, makes us feel like we're heading in the right direction. It pushes marketing teams, content teams to generate, you know, the SEO optimized landing pages, all the keywords in the world that show up on, on Google search without uh, being an ad or a sponsored post. We're like, yes, organic is working. It's driving all this traffic. But look, if it's not converting to customer, if it's not generating revenue, then it's a dark hole spiral that will continue bleeding your company dry. And the problem is a lot of it is a slow death. It's like death by a thousand cuts. Just think about a death by a thousand unproductive social posts that drive no customers, but still take up a whole bunch of time. I, I did some content before where I showed you how to calculate your actual cost of marketing versus direct versus indirect. I mentioned it a second ago, where it helps you calculate what your actual cost of acquisition is towards getting certain leads and customers. And vanity metrics are, are a really quick way to try to resurrect a sinking ship when it comes to the focus and the metrics that you're looking at. So anyways, digress a little bit. And to wrap it up, the main thing you need to pay attention to when it comes to any metrics that you're looking at for your business, whether it's in sales, go-to-market, expansion revenue, and success and support, is you have to make sure that whatever you're measuring has a direct impact on the primary outcome you're chasing. So for go to market, you're looking at what are the metrics that drive revenue? And in sales, same thing. What are the metrics that drive revenue? So again, most common ones, MQL to SQL, have to make sure that your definition of MQL mirrors what your ideal customer profile is. Same thing for SQL. There's a little bit more measurement that goes on in there, but hopefully this all makes sense and that you can take some of this and take it back to your business and take action on it and start seeing some progress. If you wanna learn more about how to set up some of that framework or just to understand kind of the customer acquisition process, the different stages and whatnot, you can go to selling SaaS 
playbook.com and get your free course, uh, free video course. Just all I ask is for your name and email. And when you do that, you'll get an email with a link to the resources and assets that are yours to keep. So again, that is selling SaaS playbook.com. So selling S E L L I N G SaaS S A A S playbook P L A Y B O O K selling SaaS playbook.com. Uh, sound a little repetitive there, but I want to make sure that you understand where to go to get that resource. So anyways, hopefully today was helpful and I will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Selling SaaS Podcast. And if you got value from today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. 